Welcome to the Field Advice Podcast from Valent USA, where we share technical know-how and updates directly from the field, fueled by technology and hands-on experience. Today, we're excited to welcome Frank Carey and Ron Estes to the podcast to discuss the Midwest Agricultural Research Center. Join us as Frank and Ron introduce you to the technologically advanced research center outside Champaign, Illinois, and explain how their research benefits growers across the Midwest and beyond. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Valent USA's Field Advice Podcast. My name is Frank Carey, and I'm the Field Research and Development Team Leader in the Eastern U.S. Today, we're going to be talking about a subject that's near and dear to my heart, and that's our agricultural research centers, specifically the Midwest Agricultural Research Center. Joining me today is Ron Estes. Ron, why don't you say hello and tell us a little bit about yourself? Thanks, Frank. Yeah, as you said, I'm Ron Estes. I manage the uh, Midwest Agricultural Research Center, or as we refer to it as MWARC. Um, it's just outside of uh, Seymour, Illinois here. I've been with the company for about seven years. Uh, my background's in entomology, but uh, I also wear a hat where I manage folks and facilities and budgets and all that fun stuff. And how long have you been managing the station up there, Ron? I've been here managing the station now. I'm going on my third year. And joined Valent when? I've been in, with Valent for a little over seven years now. I was at the University of Illinois prior to that. Well, you mentioned that the, the research station, and you called it MWARC, which is uh, typical Valent lingo. We, we make an acronym and a name for everything. But uh, you mentioned that it is located just outside of Seymour, and a lot of times we'll, we'll talk about being Champagne. It's really not Champagne. It's not really exactly Seymour either. Where, where exactly are you located? That is very true. So Seymour uh, is to the northwest of us. We have technically, we have a Seymour address. But um, for those that are familiar with the area, we are just north of Monticello Road. So that is the road that runs on the south side of the airport Champagne. Um, you go about five or six miles over, and uh, we're just about a quarter mile to the north there. You know, one of the main focuses at the station there, we do a lot of work to insecticides and corn rootworm, and that's really your in your, uh, the depth of your wheelhouse there. So. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So you mentioned that you've been managing the station three years now. How long has this station been located there at uh, this this location? So the, the station as it is now, our grand opening was back in 2017. I believe it was June of 2017. We had construction ongoing for about a year prior to that, and we had a few trials in the previous field season kind of as a setup. But um, I think, as you know, this station or valence uh, been here at this location for longer than just the past six years. You can talk about that more than I can. Yes. Yeah, so actually, I got my original start with Valent in 1994 at the Midwest Agricultural Research Center, located right there on the same piece of property. Um, so, you know, historically talking, Valent has been uh, in its prior history as Chevron Chemicals been present in the Midwest for a long time. When I was doing my internship with Chevron Chemical uh, in Greenville, Mississippi, we had a sister farm in Dallas Center, Iowa, and then Chevron became Valent and kept the location, the research locations the same. And then I believe it was in 1993, 92 or 93, that 
uh, Valent then moved from Iowa to the Champaign location there where you are now. Uh, so ironically, with uh, uh, building the new facility and, and reopening into the Midwest again there. So back to the same, same piece of ground where we were, back where we started. Yeah, I think there's been a number of companies that have done that. I know the that uh, you know, kind of in the Roundup era, there was a lot of lot of companies. There was a mass exodus from this area, and a few hung around, and they've all come back. So it's been kind of nice. Been kind of nice. So when uh, the Midwest Ag Center was built and designed, it wasn't really built just for field research. You've got a lot of other roles that you play there as well, don't you? We do. Um, so in addition to our field research, we also have a conference center that's kind of a teaching lab. I'm going to back up a minute and just before I get too far into the facility, I'll talk a little bit about the people that we have here. So in addition to myself, there's three other uh, field scientists. Um, so we kind of have all disciplines covered. Um, got three guys, really great guys, Daniel, Keith, and Randall. Um, they're a weed scientist, plant pathologist, and a nematologist, and then I've got my background in entomology. So we really have all the disciplines covered. Um, in addition to that, we've got three really great research technicians here, uh, Doug and Chris and uh, Eric. And in addition to all the help they give us in the field, I mean, they're able to do some things that I think a lot of companies they're not able to do, um, and the fact that Chris is a really good fab fabricator, and so any kind of like research equipment that we need to put together for a special project, he can do that for us. So we're pretty lucky that way. Ron, when we designed the, the Midwest Agriculture Research Center, it was not built just specifically for field research. There's a lot of uh, other opportunities and, and functions that were built into the, the facility, correct? That is true, yeah. So like I mentioned, our grand opening was back in 2017. We've got our office facility here. We also have the shop. Uh, but we have a conference center that we're pretty proud of, and we use it as a teaching and learning center. Um, we can have up to 90 people in there at a time and you know, teach them about our products and different issues in ag. Um, we, well, prior to COVID, we utilized that a lot, and we're getting back into that again. So is that really just for internal training or do y'all do external work with uh, customers or who all comes in for, for those type deals? Well, both actually. We've, I mean, we do utilize it for internal trainings for sure, but uh, we bring in outside guests. We've had some of our key retail partners come in for various trainings, sometimes just to use the facility. It's a really nice facility and we're proud of it. We've hosted some 4-H groups, some FFA groups in the past. We're always open to that. It's something that we enjoy is, is having guests come in so we can show off what we have. And also one of the main things that we do there is, is seed treatment, seed protection work. And I know that there was some, uh, a lot of effort put in in the original design with uh, highlighting a lot of the technology that we use and the processes we use in, in seed uh, protection and seed treatment. Can you tell me a little bit about some of the, <clears throat> the, the wow factor that's there? Yeah, glad you brought that up. We've actually got a commercial seed treater in our shop, a USC treater, that uh, was put in there, kind of a cooperative thing with USC, but we're able to showcase our seed treatments and the 
basically the treatability, how well it works. We've got uh, cameras mounted into the treaters so that we could actually see it up on a TV screen either in the shop by the treater, but that sometimes gets a little dusty and noisy, so we can actually send that video across the street into our conference room and folks can see it there, see the process without actually having to be right next to the treater. Yeah, we've got a lot of little bells and whistles like that for our learning capabilities. That's really neat to have that opportunity and, and to have be able to blend, you know, hands-on learning as well as classroom uh, learning, uh, whether it be internal or external. I know we use it a lot and that's one of the real benefits, but it's not just a, a, a summer thing either. Y'all got greenhouses? We do. We've got greenhouses. We didn't start out with greenhouses. That was something that we expanded into 2018. Um, actually, there were two big things in 2018 that we expanded. We doubled the size of the farm, so we started out with just an 80-acre footprint, and we doubled to 160 acres, but we also added the greenhouses as well. So you know, in the wintertime, we've got trials going on in the greenhouses. We've got spray chambers, so we can do herbicide trials in the greenhouse. Um, Daniel, who's our nematologist, he's got nematode cultures going year-round. Um, he's constantly doing uh, nematicide trials for, you know, biological, so a lot of our biological products, things like that. Yeah, you mentioned the biologicals and, and the uh, sustainable product line that Valen has. And you do a lot of work in supporting those and coming up with some interesting research ideas and that's really one of the beauties of a research facility like we have is that you can get a little crazy on the design of trials and the depth of, of uh, intricacies of what it takes to pull the, the studies off. So it gives us a lot of flexibility there in conducting research in the field. So what you're, you're located in the Midwest, does that mean y'all are just corn and beans or do y'all look at any other crops or what all kind of capabilities do you have? Well, we're really kind of centered around three crops, and that's corn, soybeans, and wheat. That's really our, you know, our bread and butter in terms of our trials. But, you know, we're always looking at other crops. That's always ongoing, especially in the greenhouse. We've got tomatoes growing right now. We've grown flowers in the past. Um, you know, in terms of sustainability, we've got a, a, a fairly large part of the farm that's devoted to some ongoing trials that we have in cooperation with Valent Biosciences. It's a long-term soil health study, and we've had that going now for, we're going into our sixth year with that. Yeah, that's another benefit of, of having that property there where you can establish some long-term trials and, and follow things over, you know, over a length of time and to see the, the implications and the benefits that a grower would see if he did something like that in his field. So that's really interesting. Definitely, definitely. And it's, I mean, it takes up uh, 30 acres of the farm. So it's its not just a, your typical small plot research that we do here. So so you do a lot of, you've, you've got the capability of doing uh, the replicated small plot trial research that most research centers do. And that's kind of what the research and development effort that, that you see internally for most companies. But you do a lot of other stuff. You do some demo trials and strip trials. And of course, this long-term trial. So uh, lots of flexibility there with what all the work you can do in the field. So. Oh, definitely. Yeah, we have, not only do we have our small plot research equipment, we have commercial planner. Um, so we can do stuff that as a grower would do it in the field. Um, we do have a big precision ag focus here though. Uh, all of our planners, 
our sprayers, the combine, everything's tied to GPS. So anytime that we spray a product or we harvest a crop, we know exactly where it was at in the field and we have that record and it's all geo-referenced. Um, you know, the planters that we have, we're able to put out multiple different either seed treatments or hybrids or varieties within a small area. We can do different in-furrow applications. We have sprayers that are capable of doing multiple products at a time. And it's all, we create a map and it's all driven by GPS. So you drive through the field and you hit a point and the boom comes on and it sprays the product that's supposed to and so on and so forth. So the technology we have here is really cool. Um, we've also, we're working with an outside source for a lot of our drone imaging here on the farm. So we're able to capture plant health data, um, NDVI, things that you can't see with the naked eye, that I can't go out and look at a plot as a researcher and say, oh yeah, this is going on, but we can see it with the drone imaging. Yeah, I, th I think it's really cool that even your irrigation system is GPS driven and that just blows me away when I think about that. That is true, yeah, we're able, I mean, that's good in a lot of ways. We can make prescription prescriptions basically for our um, water applications so we can apply to one trial but not another um, not only is that good for the research but it also conserves the water that we're using as well you know that ties into the sustainability efforts but also you know all the stuff that you're doing it ties back to being able to relate the res the research and the information that you generate back to the grower and that's what it's really all about isn't it Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of the work, well, everything that we do here ultimately is going to tie back to the grower. Um, you know, the stuff that we're looking at here, we look at early stage compounds, so our numbered stuff that maybe is a brand new molecule. We only have a little bit of product to use, and we'll see that all the way through till it's marketed and for sale to growers. Um, so we really get to touch it the entire, you know, time that it's developed. In addition to that, you know, we do a lot of sales support. So if a grower has a problem in a field with a product, let's say, maybe compatibility issue or sprayability issue, we're able to provide some real-time solutions to the growers. You know, if they come to us and say, hey, we're seeing this, test this product, see how you can fix it, see why it's happening, we're able to do that. Yeah, and that's really a new capability that you've developed over the last couple of years, this I'll, I'll call it sprayability for lack of a better term, but just the, the, the ability to look at a compound as it goes through a sprayer, how, how does it mix, uh, all those kinds of issues. Is it mixing with water temperature, water hardness, you know, the tank mix capabilities with additives and things like that. Y'all are all doing a lot of that kind of work, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's not just with our products and development, but, you know, products that we have, um, out in the marketplace. There's so many products in the marketplace right now, it would be virtually impossible for a company to test every combination there is. I think that's why, you know, every herbicide label that you look at says do a jar test first. Well, we can do some of that work too. If people request it, we've done that in the past. You know, we're doing everything we can to help our customers, which are our retailers and the growers. I think that's your role that you have there at the research center and you talk about it uh, as touching it 
from early stage development all through the pipeline, all the way to, you know, past launch and in, in, in sales support, and tech support. Um, that's really unique to Valent. I don't see a lot of other research centers follow, you know, having that degree of post-launch involvement with the, the science and the research and the support of what's going on with the grower fields. Most of the time I see that as uh, early stage development. And then once it gets to a certain certain point, it kind of passes out of the research center. But I think that's where Valen is unique in what we do in uh, utilizing our research centers, you know, for all of our products with all of the issues and any potential uh, solutions that we find there. Yeah, and in addition to that, you know, we dedicate a, a portion of the farm every year just to demo trials. We haven't been able to do it in the past few years due to the pandemic, but we, like I've mentioned before, we like to bring groups in. So we'll set up demos of our products so people can come in and see it. Um, you know, we've got a fairly significant, I think there's uh, about eight acres set aside just for demos along the road there. So we can bring in groups and talk about our products show them how they compare to others, um, you know, talk about best management practices, the best way to apply things, things like that, not just to, you know, here's our products and why we think they're good. Here's, here's, a, here's a message about herbicide applications, regardless of the product, that you should follow these, these practices, you know. Yaron, you mentioned earlier uh, that you – had hosted some uh, FFA or 4-H classes in, and that was something you really enjoyed doing. And that's part of Valence advocacy or advocating for ag uh, work that we do. If I was a, let's say, a 4-H teacher or a local FFA advisor, and I wanted to set up a visit to the farm, how would I go about doing that? I guess I would suggest the first step would be to reach out to me. So if a grower or a retailer wanted to come, was their best avenue to contact their local sales rep and set up a visit through their sales rep? Is that the best way to do that? That would be my suggestion to work with your local sales rep. We'll welcome our retail partners and growers anytime. Yeah, we have the facility. We'd like to utilize it. So we'd love to have people come and visit. Well, Ron, is there anything else that you'd want to say about uh, the research center there? We're really proud of this facility. We'd love to have people come and visit it. We hope that um, the work that we're doing here, our goal is, you know, to help our customers. That's that's really what it's all about. So, Ron, with a research center, we're asked to do a lot of different crazy things in trials. What's the oddest thing you've ever had to do there on the research center to set up a trial and make it successful? Probably one of the weirdest things that we do is, you know, we set up, we set up our farm to be worst case scenario. Right. It, it, you know, that's one of the odd things in research uh, is, is we're farming for the worst case scenario, trying to, uh, you'll hear a weed scientists look at a, a, a bunch of Palmer amaranth or water hemp and go, oh, that's a beautiful stand. And, and a grower would just cringe at the things that we do and, and how we look at worst case scenarios. But definitely, that's what gives us our successful work, our successful research and, and gives us the best products to deliver to the grower. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I know that that's, I mean, that's true here. It's true at other research farms um, with other companies and universities. But that's really, we we try to look at it, worst case scenario of, you know, hey, if this disease or this pest shows up in your field and comes at you with a vengeance, will our products take care of it? 
Thank you for joining Valent USA for the Field Advice Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more field advice, find new episodes wherever you get your podcasts and anytime at valent.com.